What is up, Irish fans? Locked on Irish Podcast coming your way right now. It's a late night edition. We're recording on a Wednesday. Hope your week's going well for your Thursday edition. Like I said, I think this is going to be the new format. Talk with the team here at uh, Locked on Irish. And uh, yes, we are going to be your team every day. Your number one Notre Dame daily podcast. But it looks like we're going to probably be with everybody's schedule and kids and life and other jobs and this, that, and the third. I think we're going to be more or less Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday through basketball season. I I like that. We all seem to agree on that. It's like the one thing we can all agree on as a team. When we cover sports locally, you know what the biggest argument we have is? We're like a married couple. Where are we going to go eat? We're all starved, but... Where are we going to go eat? That's like the biggest concern. But not a concern. Locked on Irish is here for you today. Maybe make sure you're following us out there at Locked on Irish on Twitter, on Facebook. Keep an eye out for we got some big things coming up. Big things coming up. Big show today. Big, uh, as I said, late night show. Uh, Irish get the win, 90-80 over Wake Forest. Obviously, we're going to talk about that. That'll lead off the show here. Um, I mean, kind of just is what it is. Uh, before we get into that too deep here, though, make sure you're following or make sure you're listening to us and following us. Not like I got to repeat myself, but uh, whatever podcast app you listen to, also obviously the big ones iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, you pick it, we're there. We are everywhere. You can't stop us. You can't slow us down. You can only hope to contain us some way, shape, or form, or hope they kick us off the network. But. Great network, by the way. Like I say it all the time. Like, not just because we work for them, but it's awesome. You get daily shows of your favorite team. Like, I know you're a sports fan. You're a Notre Dame fan. You're a smart sports fan. So you root for other sports. You could, if you have like a 40-minute drive to work, you might be able to get all your updates in one day. You cheer for four teams, football, basketball, hockey, baseball. There you go. You're all set up. So what else are we going to get to today as I ramble on to myself? We are going to talk a little XFL, believe it or not. Uh, we've got some uh, guys at Notre Dame that have made it into the XFL, made final roster cuts, so we're going to talk about that. Also going to talk a little bit about an individual for Notre Dame got his fifth star coming in to this recruiting class. We'll do a little top 25 whip around and talk some college basketball. So... Irish get the dub, 90-80 to 80 over Wake Forest, but it did not come without difficulty. Oh, man, did it not come without difficulty. I, I just don't understand it. It's I, I told you this was going to happen. Did, did I not mention it on the last show that I just feel like this is what we're going to do? We're going to play up and down to the level of our competition for the rest of the year. I said every single game could look like this. And no different than the worst team in the ACC coming to our house. And, you know, it just kind of was what it was. You know, early on, we I think we, we what led two to nothing. And it didn't have a lead again until almost midway through the second half. Ugh. Ugh. You know, you, you take a win like that against an average ACC team like uh, Clemson. But it's hard to find joy in, in this win. I mean, there's some things to like. 16th double-double from Mooney. You got to like that. Um, got to like the night that uh, TJ Gibbs had. Uh, you have to love what he did. I mean, TJ's been one of the best players that we've had in a long time. Uh, you know, it's just 
what he's put together has really been nice, and it's good to see a little bit more consistency. He's really coming into playing his best ball this season. Um, statistically, obviously, uh, statistics aren't lying that he's been one of our better players over the Bray era, and, and really fun to watch and seems like a good kid. In fact, with the two points tonight is all it took, and T.J. Gibbs is now the all-time leading Notre Dame scorer in ACC regular season play. So congratulations to him. Awesome stuff. You know, without T.J. playing at his level and being more more consistent, in my opinion, than Prentice Hub. I mean, Prentice is fun to watch. Obviously, the bigger upside with him being just a sophomore. But um, without T.J., you know, really leading the team as a senior, running the point out there and kind of being Mooney's wingman, if if you will, kind of that B player that we need. You know, Mooney obviously is our A with Fluger being so non-existent at times offensively or really any game. Durham and, you know, not getting very many minutes. And what we've seen against Florida State isn't what, after tonight, you, you can tell that that was just kind of eh, an outlier. It's not really what Durham's going to be. I mean, if Gibbs isn't playing up to his level, this level right now, and as consistent as he is, I mean, even though we have had some gripes about his play, I don't think we're at 12 wins. I mean, I don't even know if we're at 10, because uh, Mooney needs somebody more consistently with him. Of course, Mooney went tonight, did his thing, 19 points, wasn't as consistent from the field, six of 15, but did go seven to seven from the line, and the team went 22 of 25 for the line, which was huge, especially in those times later in the game that. It just seemed like, hey, we got this lead. We're going to run away with it. And I even put on Twitter, I was like, oh, we're going to run away with this. Um, I have full faith in it, and but I mentioned I wasn't real happy about how the game was playing out. But <laughs> as some tweets do, they don't quite age all that well. And we were what only up by three points toward the end of the game. I mean, this just can't happen. It can't happen against Clemson. It can't happen against Georgia Tech let alone happening against, oh, I don't know, a little school named Duke or North Carolina. This, and it's great. Maybe it gives a little a little bit of momentum. We got one. Sometimes you just need to hit that single into right field and see it drop and see a hit. Um, but we did play eight deep tonight. Jogu got in off the bench. Our bench play was great. I mean, I, Look at Leshevsky, best game of his career, in my opinion. Three of five from three, 18 total points, three rebounds. Great game from him. Goodwin played well, driving the lane, doing some things out there. Six of 11, one of four from the three-point land. We need him to be better from three, but still, we got 32 points off our bench tonight. We finally outscored a team off of our bench. Again, 9-11 and 11 Wake Forest, but we finally got some support from a bench Uh Outscored them 32-23. Unfortunately, Jogu didn't get any uh, points of three from the field, but he did give us 11 minutes. Got to spell some guys, let him get a little bit of a break. Uh, Fluger, you know, as consistent as he can be, two of three from the field, seven points. Um, Hub is, I love this kid. Again, so much upside. But one of 11 tonight, I mean, and only got to the stripe. Once, I think it was. Two shots. Ugh. We need more. We have got to figure out how to get him to dribble and drive. I heard the announcers even say, oh, you know, he's one of the worst percentage free, free throw shooters on the team. I'm like, well, because he's not there. I mean, he's just not at the line. How? Um, okay, yes, statistically, he is one of the worst on the team, but 
You know, if you're two of five, that doesn't, you know, necessarily mean it's not, yes, it's 40%, but it just doesn't tell the whole story. You've only been to the line five times. I mean, ugh, we've got to be more aggressive at the point. You know, there's not much else to say about this game. Uh, Childress, he did his thing against us. What do you have? 20 against us last year, 24 tonight. But we pretty much shut him down in the second half, which, you know, I was pretty happy about. Um, Sar, we did show a little trouble inside with Sar being seven foot tall. Um, and Durham played him well enough, but he still went for 18 points. And, and we just can't have that. I mean, Sar is, he's only what, a freshman? I'm pretty sure he's a freshman. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He, he's a junior. Uh, but he's going to be around next year. It's going to be something we're going to have to deal with next year. The guy averages 13, but, um, Went for 18 against us tonight. So we did get him in foul trouble, which that's good. I like to see that underneath, but we just got to be better. I mean, bottom line is we just got to be better. And while I can appreciate, you know, Hub thinking he can shoot from the football stadium, it, it's just not working. Now, if we can get this lad of Lashevsky, does this get him going? I'd love to think so. You know, Lashevsky still looks like a little bit of a liability on defense. There was an up and under in the lane that I was like, honestly, yeah, it was a pretty nice move, but it wasn't fast. There was nothing deceiving about it. I, really what I'm trying to say is basically what was put on him isn't anything that nobody else could put on him. It wasn't like it was done by somebody special or it was just so quick that he, you know, he got juked out of his shoes. No, it was just kind of a, eh, it was up and under and, and he got beat. He's got to get better. He's got to improve, and I know that'll come with more playing time. Uh, and tonight he got it. So hopefully this is what we see moving forward. We get Georgia Tech on Saturday at high noon. I think that's on that South RSN station. So I don't even know if I can get that. But but we'll take it. Again, 90-80 over, over the Demon Deeks, and we got the Ramblin' Wreck coming up next. All right, Irish fans, we are back at it again. Locked on Irish podcast, second segment of the day. Somebody got their fifth star. Where did he get that at? Collect them all like Pokemon cards. Michael Mayer, despite most of Notre Dame's talent. Now, I'm going to talk about this another day, but most of Notre Dame's recruits, their talent coming in, uh, decreased in their rankings. But Michael Mayer got his fifth star. Uh, number 23 overall player. I think I read, I'm 90% I read, for sure I read this. I read a lot. But um, Kelly will have, what, after this year, it'll be seven tight ends drafted in 10 years. It's pretty good. N nice little track record, uh, keeping tight end you alive. I mean, I, with what the experts are saying, I cannot see any reason at all why Michael Mayer can't, start right away. I mean, Trimble is a different, he's very versatile. So I think he'll start probably, I mean, I'm 99% sure he's going to start. But, I mean, I'm looking at Mayer right now, just going through just ladder drills and, man, this guy moves fluently. And, oh my goodness. He just, he's a beast. This dude is an athletic freak. At what, 17, 18 years old? Man, mom, why didn't you put that in my freaking milk growing up? I was watching him kind of run a 10-yard in here. Good hands, good fundamentals. I mean, he's going to be hard to bring down, and I could see him outrunning some guys too. I mean, he's going to be too big for corners and too fast for safety is what it looks like. But, man, we're we're very fortunate to have this guy coming in. And, and, and to have a, a nice blocking tight end like Brock Wright and then Tommy Trimble, 
it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Now my prediction is I think that obviously Tremble's gonna start, but he he's very versatile in the way he plays too. He he really is. He he looks a little. He's a little slight, a little more like a wide receiver. He's no Colkmet, but man. It's so good to see us finally getting some of our recruits recognized. And, and this guy, just some of these highlights that are rolling through here. Do yourself a favor. Go out there and watch some Michael Mayer highlights. This guy is going to be something special for the Irish. I think what really put him over the edge, I mean, some of the experts here, Brandon Huffman from 247 Sports, uh, he's a national analyst for him, says that basically he just kind of checks all the boxes, goes all out in, in all the settings he watched him in. Uh, good, big and physical. He said he's going to be a, projects as a good blocker. Uh, doesn't really have any weaknesses. Um, and then uh, Greg Biggins, another 247 national analyst, said he's the top pass catcher he saw at the opening finals. Uh, took it to another level during all America, the All American Bowl. So, uh, pers- uh, pristine. He used the word pristine. Pick that word up. That's a nice little 50 cent word. Pristine route runner. So. I tell you what, we're going to have quite a passing attack next year. I think we got faster at wide receiver. I think we improve at tight end, especially with Rees as the OC. Um, obviously, Long wasn't getting it done. And by all indications, you know, Rees was not calling the plays down the stretch. So if that's the case, and everybody knows, I mean, that was the big gripe about this offense was that we weren't using the tight end enough, and we weren't throwing the ball down the field enough. I mean, you look at the game against Georgia, Cole Komet, we think we found something, and then that particular strategy is just not used the rest of the way. And even if it was against Duke, eh, we didn't really need it, but it would have been nice to see just some things change up, and I think we're going to see that this year. I mean, heck, Tommy doesn't even have to be that great of a coach. He just, <laughs> one of the few times I might say, listen to the gripes of the fans. Don't throw that lazy, just lateral pass straight to the wide receiver with no blocking in front of him and throw the ball down the field to the tight end. That seems pretty simple. So let's talk about some guys that we just talked about a guy coming into the program. Let's talk about some former Irish players. So the XFL is coming back. Vince McMahon is bringing back the XFL after this, the one season, what was it back in 2001? We got four guys in this thing, four guys playing in the XFL. Should be a lot of fun. Jaron Jones is in there. Greer Martini. I believe it is. Is it Daly? Yeah. I'm, my notes just fell, if you're if you're wondering at home. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Scott Daly. And we have Niles Morgan in there. Niles, man, he was one of my favorite players when he was at Notre Dame. I just feel like, I feel like he was kind of mismanaged. He got in just a little too late. I feel like they should have rode him more as a freshman and just really took some of the bad. Just take the bad and just deal with it and he'll progress. I I wish they would have done that, but they were in love with Joe Schmidt, who was, you know, athletically half the player, especially after the foot injury that really, really made him a whole different player in my opinion. So in case you're wondering, inquiring minds want to know where these guys are playing at, Scott Daly he was drafted by the New York Guardians. There's some wild names in these teams, too. Uh, so, Scott Daly's with the Guardians. Jaron Jones also with the Guardians. Greer Martini is with the Dallas Renegades. And where is Morgan at? Niles Morgan was taken by the Seattle Dragons. So, two former, you know, longtime teammates playing in the league. I thought we'd have more. I kind of wondered where Redfield would be. 
Uh, Max Redfield, I thought for sure we might see his name pop up in this. Um, interesting. I'd love to know your guys' take. Hit us up at Irish on Twitter. Let us know if you think this league is going to make it. You know, we had the AAF yet last year, and it looked promising. And, uh, yeah, the owner of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes came in. What do you take, like, was it 75? He lost, like, $75 million, and he knew it. From all indications of everything I've ever heard, he knew he was going to lose money. It's just when it actually happened, he was like, oh, and then just folded the whole thing. They didn't finish the season. After starting out so promising, the product was solid. You know, it wasn't NFL, but it, it's as good as anything we've ever seen for minor league football. I mean, we'll take it for sure. It was it was exactly what we were looking for. The presentation was good. There was it had so much good, and then he just folded it. Um, you know, and the, I think the ratings stayed pretty solid. Um I do wish they would use different cities with this XFL. I do. I, I think that it might be one thing. I think they should have stayed out of NFL markets. They should have went places that didn't have uh, didn't have a uh, NFL team. I think they they are in St. Louis, so that's a team that lost their team. But I, I think they should have stuck with that route just because people are a little more starved for for football in cities like like mine. Uh, we're here in Columbus. And, you know, we, I'm, I think the uh, XFL team would work out quite well here. It was uh, Tom Dundon. I knew, I don't know how I forgot that name. Bought the league, got in there, lost some money, said no bueno, and packed up. Said no mas, I am out of here, taking my millions upon millions of dollars and your technology. Because isn't that another thing too? They wanted some some sort of technology for apps and such, I, I don't know, and to be able to use it for fan interaction and things like that. Now, I have read that the XFL and Vince McMahon have $500 million of disposable income that is not his from investors and various other avenues of people wanting to buy into the league. And he seems to be taking it more serious this time. So with between that, being people being starved for spring football and some sort of... Um, you know, minor league system, I think it could work this time. Uh, I don't think it will because we've never seen it work, but I think it could be better, and I think it will. I think it will have a chance. I, th- I, I at least think it makes it through this year. Vince has got too big of an ego. He won't let it not make it this year. Um, and then next year, I don't know. I think it comes down, uh, probably comes down to basically how big is his ego at that point and how much money has he lost and how comfortable he has the money. So yeah, I think he could definitely, I think this could make it two years. So with that in mind, I don't know if you guys listen to CBS sports radio at all. When you get done listening to the lockdown Irish podcast, check out my guy, Damon Amendolar. He's one of my heroes in sports media. He's always somebody I've always looked up to. He's one of the reasons I got started in this. He was actually on my previous show, or my original show, Locked uh, East of the Bend, and we talked AAF last year. Well, because the XFL's coming back, I told him about the big news, and we've we kind of developed the friendship, kind of like me and Michelle Tafoya, which is really cool. Two people I really look up to in the sports media industry. And um, so I kind of made friends with him, and I hit him up, and I said, hey, DA. I was like, and by the way, he's got a new time slot, 6 to 10 in the morning, so listen to us. Then switch back over because our show is pretty short. Um, so I said, hey, DA, uh, you said you had a lot of fun last year. 
we had a great discussion talking some AAF. Why don't you come on to my new show this year? And he said, absolutely, I'll be there. Said, let's let the XFL play out so we can uh, talk uh, like we know, you know, have a little more sense of the league and how things are going and have a little more intelligent conversation. And I said, let's do it, but we don't have intelligent conversations on this show. Yeah, as you've listened before, as I talk to myself, right? A one-man band here for, for just this week. This week, then Hissom will be back. But so that's something you got to look forward to. Uh, CBS Sports Radio host um, of the DA show, Damon Amendolara, in a couple weeks. When I can hammer it out, we will advertise the life out of it, and we will talk some minor league football. We're going to do our top 25 whip around right now, but of course you know you can't get away without some more college football news. Come on, man. Uh, Jonathan Jones, uh, remember him, transferred from the program, did a, is doing a grad transfer, uh, backup linebacker, played sparingly at the linebacker position, mostly special teams. He is transferring to Toledo. So good luck to Jonathan Jones. Seems like a good kid. Unfortunately, the biggest thing that sticks out to me is the uh, – the botched recovery fumble on the punt against Michigan, and it was pretty much what all downhill from there. So yeah, about that. But you know, he gave a, he gave a lot to the university. Played very well on special teams. So I, I hate to even bring that up, but it is. It's like I'm honest. I'm an honest guy. I've always been really honest on this show and every show I've ever done. And it is. It's the first thing that stands out in my mind. So uh, let's get to the top twenty-five this week. Uh, not much changed. Uh, interestingly enough, for the first time in a while. Baylor still sitting at one, Gonzaga two, Kansas at three, San Diego State at four, Florida State five, Louisville six, the Dayton Flyers, who just picked up another win tonight against Duquesne. Man, 73-69. They, they look really good. I'm going to might try to head down there and check out a game because, that uh, you know, it's, what, two hours from where uh, Lockdown Irish is being recorded. Uh, Seton Hall gets another one. Um, man, how about DePaul just falling apart? Didn't they start the year like 12 and 0, beat Texas Tech the whole bit? Uh, just completely falling apart right now. I think they're 12 and 8. I think they're what we are, if I'm not mistaken. Let's check this out because everybody was all high on the they're 13 and 8. Um, I mean, them and Xavier have just fallen off the map. They've lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of their last eight games. Somehow they beat Butler. Oddly enough, uh, not even sure really how that happened. Uh, but Seton Hall, I mean, Miles Powell, is, whew, he is fun to watch. I, I really enjoy Miles Powell. Um, Louisville up at halftime right now, 45 to 43. Baylor is in action. They're up 40 to 36 right now. Uh, Iowa State just got a two. I tell you what, San Diego State, I actually picked them to lose tonight, and they... Quality New Mexico team, 16-6, and six, and they are taking care of business right now, 48-25. Speaking of taking care of business, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On, Notre, Locked On Irish is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Notre Dame fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Notre Dame fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with a disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 333-7777. No, it's 
advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you soon. And remember, Notre Dame is not just a local brand, it's a national brand. So if you want to get your name out there nationally, worldwide, look no further than the Locked On Irish podcast. So let's get back to the top 25 a little bit here. Speaking of how bad Xavier's been playing, they're actually up right now, 49-45 on Marquette. Um, You know, I do think Baylor's probably the best team in the country right now. Another team I'm going to try to get out and see that I'm really intrigued by is uh, Rutgers. Started the AP top 25 this week at number uh, 25. Remember last week they jumped back in the polls for the first time since 1979. They did take an L to uh, Iowa, but they've reeled off two straight, nice quality win, uh, uh, solid wins, I, I should say. I keep forgetting how bad Purdue is this year. Purdue's 11-10. and 10. I was about to say nice quality win over Purdue, but it just hit me like, no, no, they're down this year. Uh, Nebraska, Purdue, taking care of business where they're supposed to. They're going to be in Columbus in a couple weeks, and if I can, I'm going to try to get out and check them out live, and I've seen tickets are going for like six bucks and with the way the Buckeyes have fallen off, they might let me in. The, they might pay me to come into the game. Uh, let's see if any any other notables. We got some blue bloods in the mid te- mid teens there. Kentucky at thirteen, Michigan State at fourteen. Maryland looks strong, man. Maryland Butler that what twelve to seventeen range is nasty. You're talking West Virginia, Kentucky, Michigan State, Maryland Butler, Auburn. Whew, that is a murderer's row, friends. Illinois, another surprise team looking good. Uh, 15-5. and five. I think they're number two in the Big Ten right now, or they they might even be number one in the Big Ten. They're, they're number two. They're half game back uh, in the win column. Uh, Michigan State's 8-2, and two, Illinois 7-2, and two, and don't look now, but Rutgers is sitting there at 7-3. and three. Um, Like I said before, I mean, it's really hard to get a pulse on this thing right now. San Diego State's proven, to me at least tonight, that, I mean, they're about to double up New Mexico. It's 54-28. Um, I don't know if the San Diego State has any more challenges really left. Um, I think they play New Mexico again in, in a couple weeks, but, I mean, you just look at it, and Nevada's 13-8. and Now, I will say, looking at this, you know, Nevada had those twins there for a while, and, I, you know, they... It's just not a strong conference. But, the, you know, San Diego State has some nice wins. And if they can run the table, and I think even if they have two losses with the way that it is this year, they're probably in as a one seed. Now, that's where I pause and I say, look for that one seed to either get beat by a 16 or lose in the second round. Because I don't think they're all that great. I think they're it's amazing what they've done and they're, and they're beating the competition in front of them. But I don't see Gonzaga, Kansas, Florida State. I don't see Dayton when I watched San Diego State. They do some really nice things, but I don't see any of those teams. I definitely don't see Baylor when I watch them. I see a really nice team that takes care of business when they go out there, but I don't see anything at all elite. Uh, Malachi Flynn's a really nice player. Uh, He's pretty much the heart and soul of that team. Uh, And he has some nice contributing pieces out there. But I just... Uh, when I watch them, I just don't see, I don't know, I just don't see elite. Uh, Yanny Wetzel's also a nice player, uh, really good rebounder. 
really helps Flynn out, being kind of his wingman, contributing 12 points a game. But I don't know. I, I, I say, you know, early predictions in your bracket, and it's something to keep in mind, plant this seed. If San Diego State is a one seed, I would say if they get past that first game, go ahead and mark down either your eight or your nine. Whoever's that eight or nine, I say go ahead and mark them down, moving on to the Sweet 16. So, all right, guys, that's the show. For your late Wednesday, Thursday edition, Locked on Irish, make sure you're following us at Locked on Irish on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully, Mark will be back on the show later this week. So, uh, next show, I want to talk a little running backs. And when I say running backs, I want to talk freshman running backs. There's a lot of pressure coming up on Chris Tyree. A lot of pressure. How have other big-name running backs done in their first season? We'll definitely compare that. And also, go back and listen to our show with Michelle Tafoya. We also preview a little bit of the Super Bowl, along with getting into the mental side of athletics. That's on our homepage on uh, Locked on Irish, as well as anywhere you get your podcast. Just scroll down the archive, check out that show. It's probably one of the best ones we've done so far. All right, guys, Till next time, go Irish.